boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. You'd think episode 50 would be a big deal in the Total She show. And it was supposed to be a big deal for the Total She show. We had so much planned. And then a man named Vince McMahon decided he was going to change everything. Thanks, Vince. All right. <laughs> Lots to start with. We're just three guys who've never wrestled, never worked for Vince McMahon. So our opinion doesn't hold maybe as much weight as people who have. But a lot of things I say on this show prove true after a while. Spider says, if you announce anything else, he's going to believe anything you say now because you've been right three three times. Only three? Well, three that he can recall. We need to get him on the show next week when yeah. you're not here so he can tell us. It's more than three, by the way. And when CM Punk returns, it was a, it was a work all along, and that will be the big four. Hey, well, now they have all in, so now they might have to pull the trigger on they that. They are going to pull the trigger on that. But let's start with Vince McMahon. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. So let's go with the big one to start with. He is no longer the... I don't know how this works. Endeavor is now going to own WWE and UFC as a fight company or a combat, combat sports, sports company. company yeah. yeah. Training one, under TKO currently. Yeah. One is going to be a shoot UFC. The other is going to be a work WWE. I don't see a world where they cross over. And I'll tell you something. We already know triple H is disgruntled because he lost power in this merger. And Vince is now the executive chairman and heading up the WWE division, including back having veto power over creative, which I believe he had going into WrestleMania. I believe he ultimately cast the vote that cost Cody the match. Who knows? Could sounds be like cons- Paul Heyman was pretty involved in that. And sounds like he could, figures could, uh, that Cody came out of this a bigger star with the crowd more hungry to see him win the championship. And you know that. Yeah. I always jobbed you out at the end. And the one time I wasn't there to job you out, you pinned TJ Bratt and killed TJ Bratt. But it, you always came out stronger yeah, sure. for losing. Now, we were all proponents of Roman Reigns keeping the championship. Yeah, so we think it, that's, it's the right choice. It is yeah. the right move. As long as they have either Cody's plan to ascend from here and not turn into Lex Luger after SummerSlam 93, or they have the next hot baby face. But that's not what we're going to talk about first. What happens now with this merger between WWE and UFC? Do not expect to see UFC crossover into WWE and definitely do not expect to see WWE crossover into UFC. I have a prediction. Sometimes I'm right. Spider, get your pen out. (laughs) Sometimes I'm wrong. Six months from now, if this does not work for Dana White, he leaves UFC and and starts something new. Because Dana White has the Well, he's starting boxing. Well, yes, but I suspect if something doesn't work in UFC, he would be a guy that could create the type of investment capital to start a major league fight league. Triple H doesn't have that advantage. Triple H, if he was to leave the WWE umbrella, he would probably get hired by All Elite, but there's not somebody who's going to come to him. Maybe The Rock would come to him and say, let's start something together. He also doesn't need the money. Exactly. But The Rock has proven with XFL, just everything he touched doesn't all, all, all automatically become gold because yeah. the XFL is struggling with ratings. I think this was a terrible move. By Endeavor? 
by everyone. Endeavor went into huge debt to acquire WWE. They'd already they were still paying off the debt for acquiring UFC. UFC's not losing money, but the debt that they acquired to get to they they took to get UFC hasn't been serviced yet. I think in the short term, it's a terrible idea. I think you're right in the short term. But you were convinced it was going to be Disney. I was because it just made sense for their streaming platform. But you know what's funny is Endeavor was denying, 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 which is exactly what you would do if you were doing this, right? So, and then all of a sudden, boom, we got wind of this, I guess, WrestleMania Sunday. Yes. And And they didn't want to disrupt the mania media. That's why it came out to Monday. Yeah. But let me tell you, I believe that this was in place before Vince re-injected himself into the board of directors after Christmas. I think Vince and Endeavor negotiated this deal last fall, had the deal in principle and knew because strategically it being announced the day after mania is the perfect day to announce it. Absolutely. Even if you had the deal done in November. And I think that's probably when they had the deal done. Well, they, they were talking about, I saw Ari Emanuel and saw the press conference and the interview. And I guess they were, they had what they're saying is he had initially put together a proposal, I think in March, like the mm. first or second week of March, you know, take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, then they did another kind of really, they really took an emotional kind of plea to them. They went to Stanford to plead Sell their it. case the following week. And they were up against a group. I can't remember who it was. Sirius XM was one of the, um, yeah, I can't remember who, what the name of the group is off the top of my head, but, uh, they said it was nip and tuck right till the very end, and then they ended up securing the deal. So. I would guarantee this, that Vince has some level of autonomy for an extended period of time that's defined. Well, they said if Vince doesn't want to do it, it's not getting done. Yeah. That's what that's what Ari Emanuel yeah. said. So I would bet that Vince got guaranteed control of WWE for at least three years, maybe five. But listen... This guy bought this company on a balloon payment for $1 million 40 years ago. Yeah. Was it a balloon payment or was it back end? He had no money. Yeah, no, it was back end. Yeah. He had one year to come up with the money. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's his company. Like, listen, I like what Triple H has been doing, mm. but don't we think that Vince McMahon deserves at some level to... No, no. You grow a mustache like that, well, you lose all rights to okay. do anything. You are an insane, can you imagine, doddering old fool. Can you imagine Great Muda waited 40 years oh. to get his picture with Vince McMahon and he's got this guy who looks like a sleazy car salesman. I know. Yeah. If I saw that picture on Friday, I would have assumed it was an April Fool's Day gag. <laughs> if I, if if What is he thinking with that mustache? If it hadn't been for Rita Chatterton uh, negotiating a settlement on the rape charge, I would expect he was expecting a warrant for his arrest and was trying to fly under the radar for WrestleMania. He looks ridiculous. Hey, listen, maybe by episode... Botox stuff. Maybe by episode 100, we can all grow a Vince McMahon pencil mustache. You know, I feel like it's a good time to start. There is a guy (laughs) right now, the Axe, who's sitting there with his Photoshop, and I have a feeling we're all going to have the Vince mustache. I like that WWE has, has a very, very secured future because before that... Vince is 77, and if he goes till he dies, then you got maybe the kids are fighting or whatever. Unless you blow out your quad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the leapfrog. <laughs> yeah. Jump off a hell in a cell. No problem. Leapfrog. Boom. I wish I was watching that with you, Mike, because well, Mike would have popped yeah. huge yeah, for that. Why did he take the bump to his back? Hey, and give Snoop Dogg some credit. That yeah. guy improvised. He stepped like, up. Yeah. Wow. I was very Well, he threw the punch twice, right? Well, yeah. he, he threw it once. Yeah. Miz was down. He should have just pinned him there. But I mean, he's not trained. Yeah. So then Miz told him, pin me. And then he did the 
world's crummiest people's elbow, and then there you go. But thinking on his feet, well done. Night one of WrestleMania, huge success. Night two, I heard mixed re- re- yeah. mixed emotions. I don't know. Night I two. loved WrestleMania. I loved it from top to bottom. Oh, Even really? night two? Yep, I loved it. Oh. I, I did not like the six-person man, six person women's match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit rough. I did not care for the hell in the cell. Why you book Finn Balor as the demon when he's a heel and come out to babyface music made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, but Logan Paul, that, man, that guy is good. I believe he, he is so good. I believe yeah. he will be the feature talent next year's WrestleMania. I was laughing so hard when he pulled that, what is it, EKI or whatever, that his like henchman yeah. dressed in the prime uniform. I watched that probably five or six times. I just it's so goofy, but it was just the funniest thing ever. Yeah. It was got, an outstanding show. He's got superstar potential written all over him. And people hate him for it, but you know what? When he says, God, am I good? God, is he good? Yeah. He's so good. Could he be comparable to MJF in on WWE's roster? No. Nah. He's got more mainstream appeal. Trust me. He he, he is does. A, he is a social media sensation turned pro wrestler. He's a bigger star from his from before he's a wrestler. Now he's gonna prove he's got the athletic prowess to be a great wrestler. You know what? If we live to be a hundred years old and we've we've seen Lawrence Taylor wrestle at WrestleMania eleven and all these celebrities. We will never, ever see a celebrity at that level learn that quickly. Is he going to become full-time? Apparently his contract was up, but I mean, if I'm Triple H, well, there's I'll, no way well, I would Who knows how much stroke Triple H has now, though? That's the point. With, with all that's going on, WrestleMania seemed, was a good show, and the second night was weaker than the first night for Raw sure. Raw was weak. Started awesome. But it seemed like night, it, night one was booked by Triple H, and night two was booked by Vince. It felt like that to me. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but that's what it felt like. That's what I'm saying. The way how tight night one was compared to night two. Yeah, but all these people online that are complaining about Raw, saying I was the worst Raw ever, blah, blah, blah. Apparently that Cody Brock thing was booked well in advance yeah. by Triple H. So, and people was are just... get sympathy on Cody? I, I think it's a foolish thing. I don't know what they're doing with it, but I guess we have to... Or are they trying to get Brock, Brock back up top? I... What? I think Brock's kind of run his course, if you ask I, me. Well, I think he's. I think it's time for Brock to go, if you ask me. But again, we talk about who are who do we have as a hot heel? Yeah, but you didn't go to the babyface champion, right? But maybe Brock is that. You know, they're doing everything they can to get that sympathy to get to make sure the crowd stays behind Cody. They're putting him with Owens and Zayn. They're getting Brock to destroy him. I mean, they're doing everything and it's working you know cody is getting a very good response i was right about monday night raw coming to winnipeg august 8th where who will the champion be on august 8th uh well the undisputed world heavyweight champion will still be roman reigns going into SummerSlam. if they split the titles which we've talked about right so who knows why yeah but they'll probably wait till SummerSlam if they're going to split now you'd think who knows all right, but so like tune Roman in. is yep, still right. going to be. You don't see a championship flip nope. between them. I don't see Roman Reigns losing that. I don't. Before I don't, Summer s- I don't see anyone on the roster right now who will beat Roman Reigns. Ooh. Well, someone is. I think. Before, I don't think I, it's going to be an outsider. I think maybe Col- they're not there, or maybe they haven't been built the way they need to be built. But who's going to do it? It's got to be Cody. Orton. It doesn't have it will to be, be Cody. Cody, Cody does, will win it. It's got to be before hey, SummerSlam, so, though. How do you keep it? Hot? How do you keep no, him hot until it. SummerSlam? No, well, you can. It won't. But be if you you say it has so after SummerSlam 1993, did you believe? Well, you might not remember this, 
But everyone would have bet heavy Lex Luger's the next champion. No one thought it was Brett. He yeah. won King of the Ring, and then that year at SummerSlam, wasn't it him and Jerry Lawler? Him and Doink, and then him and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. yeah. So, but then it, but then Lex just fizzled after he didn't win the belt. That could happen to Cody. But that's what. That's what my point is. It's a long time between now and August. Well, the, it's a lot long time for them to throw a wrench in their own works. Oh. Short of them taking a main, and right now with Vince in charge, there's no free agent jumping that way. That this merger did not help them in the face. Oh, no, the no. morale is not FTR great. as it was. We're probably if go. they nah, no I thought so, but I actually think that's that, one thing you were wrong on. Yeah, you, there's you been a couple wrong. actually. Yeah, there's he, been a couple. Oh, he's a. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't see Endeavor. You know who called the Endeavor uh, acquisition it was Eric Bischoff. He talked about it a lot on his podcast. He talked about The Rock potentially buying it. Yes. Too. And I actually thought, it, there was a part of me that thought yep. Rock could come in and do what he did with XFL. Find the money and he would be the perfect face for it. I think the right conglomerate bought the company. Except I think it's, the, I think it's problem the right is move. You're not marketing to the same people. The UFC audience and the WWE audience does not properly cross over. So you now have to market to two sets of people. It's not like you acquired the WWE fan base and they're all going to buy UFC. And it's not like the UFC fan base is all going, oh, I'm going to get mania. That I don't is, think that's what they're, I don't think no, that's it's what gonna be, it, they're, they're going to be completely separate. I know, they but feel, they're thinking they're going to be marketing and streaming and, and it's all a part of a bigger vision of, of, of being able, I'll tell you something funny I, I read actually. Somebody said on online, and he was not, he, he's, a, he's actually pretty engaged. And he said, maybe now UFC fighters will get what they deserve per fight. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But the problem with that is the reason why WWE stars make as much as they do is the amount of money they generate from merchandising and from appearances and, and that stuff. The WWE stars don't get X amount of dollars to perform at Mania, they get X amount of dollars to be a performer and X amount of dollars for the revenue they generate. UFC stars don't generate the same type of revenue. Mm. As individuals, they don't. No, no, you're right. As individuals, they don't. There's it's, not somebody it, wanting to get a t-shirt for name me the UFC top guy. Conor McGregor? Maybe, but or not John to the Jones? same level. No, not to the same level. There is, when you walk through any shopping mall, and you'll see the odd WWE shirt or the odd, I'll even, WrestleMania see, 23 yeah, I'll even see the odd AEW shirt. I don't see many UFC shirts. The UFC fan is like a dedicated sports fan. And unfortunately, the dedicated sports fan, UFC's third or fourth on their list of things they want to watch. They want to watch the NHL. They want to watch much, the NFL. There's too much UFC now too. Yes. When they had like five or six shows. Yeah, you know, They had the Super Bowl show. Then they had the Memorial Day weekend show. Then they had the July show. Then they had the September show. Then they had New the Year's no, Eve, the no, the November no, no, show that was Pride. Yes, yeah, no, no, but they would do a December show, yeah, late December, and then that was it, and that was a lot. But that was, you know, it meant something. But to time. make the big money, they had to sign all those TV deals and all the distribution agreements, and eventually you stop being marketable. Right. But again, what they're going to do is they're going to use that business model and apply it to WWE because they feel WWE is very undervalued. And I agree with them. They will get a huge rights increase 
upon renewal. They're in a great shape financially. Absolutely. And the other thing is get get you can you can stop thinking you're getting WrestleMania for $16 a month. That's gone. Yep, you yep. are now going to be paying $80 or $100. I think yep. it's going to be 99.99. Be interesting to see what they do with the network, right? Because yeah. I mean, you know, and that's why like I wasn't watching. I mean, I was I was finding a way to watch the shows, but now when they're for free essentially, they're $15 yeah. a month in Canada here. Um, you know, I don't miss any of the pay-per-views. I'll watch them all. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're going to be going to our buddy, Sean Brown, who pirates them all. Yep. And we're going to watch them for free. Yep. And if you want to cut down on pirating, you go to Sean Brown's house and you take his equipment away because he <laughs> likes to pirate a good pay-per-view. All right. Uh, moving on. He misses to, all of it because he's asleep. But. <laughs> he falls asleep and it starts to lag and we start thinking, oh, we're getting cuts, but we never get cut <laughs> off. Um, let's talk about our friends at AEW. And how can Tony Khan mess up everything? I don't believe AEW will exist in three years. Ooh, and I'll tell you why. That's bold. Well, Spider's right. I'm right. <laughs> Here's why. God, I hope Spider's not buying stock based on today's he podcast. He cannot cut a promo to save oh, his life. How yeah. good was his promo with Nigel McGuinness this yeah. week? So By he the way, wants best to... hire they've made this year, yes. Nigel McGuinness. So he, while well, Jay White's up there too, he wants terrible to, debut. He wants on. to announce that they're going to Wembley and they're calling it All In, which kind of was dinkish because I think that was Cody's concept. He, but somehow. But, they went all in on that indie show. Basically, they shot their shot. Yeah. They're doing this now with this stadium, which they're not going to fill. So they're going all in. You'd be surprised they're how the England fill. fans will get behind their product. They'll get maybe, maybe 50,000. How much do they need to get? Well, they'd like to get 60 or 65. Okay. WWE in 1992 had over 80. I'd be hiring Harry Smith. I'd be hiring uh, Bulldogs, Will Ospreay. Yeah. I I would be loading that show with... That's with, probably what they'll do. Um, okay. Bring Nigel back. Here's why I think that they have three years. Because people are starting to get smart to the fact that Tony Khan is a moron. And it's... And it's <laughs> here's his problem. Well, hold on. Think about this. If you're MJF and you're wrestling in whatever, some some second rate um, arena that holds 2,500 fans. And then you're watching WrestleMania. Yeah. How are you looking at WrestleMania saying, I don't want to be there, but yeah. he's going to sign his extension and stay in AEW. I don't think he will see now. I don't know. I thought that way too, but now I don't know. I don't think MJF will resign. Is his extension at, or is his uh, contract up at the end of the year? 2024. Yeah. 20, okay. the, well, yeah, I think that's when, I, I think he, I think he resigns as long as he's in the title picture there. I think See, there's too I much left that to chance, too, but man, I, <sighs> well, he's Vince's type. Like Vince's Vince and H would both push him. He's, he is the most pushable guy on either brand. You can, but, but he, he couldn't be MJF working for WWE. Well, that's no. why he stays where he is. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's tough. It's there's tough. a guy like Eli Drake though, who is LA Knight, sorry, in WWE. He was Eli Drake in NWA. Big plans for him. That's what they say, but they've done a lot to really make him look like crap. You see him lose the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and the crowd shit all over it. Yeah. They like they, booed. they want him. The crowd wants and him. He's to, not an easy guy to work with. To be a feature player. Let me tell you. <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah. Um, Back to my Tony Khan point. Sorry. No, no, don't don't be sorry. I want that's, you guys. We're just we're shooting. That's sheets. exactly. We're at, a, we're at a sports, 50, yeah. 50. We're at a sports bar and we we don't plan. Just like if we went to a sports bar, I would not send you a format, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say this. 
Tony Khan needs a polished front man for his company. He needs to hide, even if he's going to call the shots, he should not put his face on camera. That bug-eyed eye, that bug-eyed thing he does with the and expressions. Yeah, he looks like a Muppet. And, he looks like Jim Henson. But even when, he, even when he had his head, hair cut down and, and more, even when he was more polished, he, yes, exactly. We're, that's going on social media. The that's why I sent you. I sent he, it to you. He is so, he looks like a teenage kid who is having the time of his life because his dad could afford to throw the best party. It is ridiculous. He needs to find, and you know what? I'll say it straight out. He should hire Eric Bischoff to be his front man. Someone who knows how to be polished to deliver the message. And it wouldn't be Bischoff, but someone like that. Terry Taylor would be a good guy. Someone who can just stand there and Are you throwing your hat in the ring for this? Oh, no, you don't call the money man moron and get hired the next day. (laughs) Never know. No, stranger things have happened. I'm not that polished either. I'm a little rough around the edges. There are people, I'll I'll tell you this. If I was any of those big companies right now, I would be trying to hire Conrad Thompson to be my content creator because Conrad has made a huge impact on just talking about wrestling. Because he understood what people wanted to hear on podcasts way more than I do. And I bet he's got formats. Yes. And he has, he pays researchers, but, um, he does wait a second. Yeah. But that would, that would not fit. As you saw me have to look at my phone to figure out what I wanted to talk to talk about next. It creates pauses and I'm trying to remember. Right. But what I'll say about Tony Khan and why in three years, I don't think he'll exist is because when the wrestling fan base turns on him, and it will be him. It's not going to be the talent. They've already started to boo him a exactly. little bit. Yeah. You can hear a smattering so, of boos when he comes out. So when it turns on him, I don't think he's got a thick enough skin to deal with it. And it, it, it's not the talent at AEW that's going to that's going to lead to the failure of that company. They've got more talent on the roster than any other roster in the world, and the ability to borrow from all uh, from New Japan, the ability to raid. raid um, Impact, Impact yeah. and all those other companies, they will never hurt for talent. But he is going to alienate the fans real bad in the next year. And I don't think he, I don't think he can handle it. I don't think he could ever be, because he thinks he's the biggest baby face in the world. And proof of that was when he came out in the crowd in Winnipeg. And he basically was just yelling into a mic. And, oh, I loved it. And it was yeah. stupid. Let's hear Like, he's, he's awful. He's <laughs> awful. And he is... You think about it. There's Dana White. There's Vince. There's Triple H. There's Scott Demore. All these people run their brands better than this moron who just happened to be born into a billionaire family. And when that turns on him, I think he'll stick it out for a year. But they're already their business is trending down. It's going to turn fast. Too. It's hard for them to sell the tickets fast enough. It's hard for them to. It's hard for them to sell as much merchandise or to get as many TV viewers or as many pay per views. When all those indicators are trending downward, he usually an owner would take a look and say, what do I need to change? I'll look in the mirror. And I don't think he's ready for that. I think he's going to start to hate his life. One last thing about WWE. August 8th in Winnipeg. Their last two shows in Winnipeg were 9,000, 9,000. August They're, 8th. Isn't that what I said? August 14th. August 14th. Why did I think August 8th? July 8th is in AEW in Regina. Oh, thank you for correcting me. August 14th, Monday Night Raw comes to Winnipeg. As first... Is that the week before discussed? SummerSlam? No, SummerSlam is, is the on 21st. August, August 5th this year. Oh, so it's a oh, so we, it's, it's two weeks after, two, weeks two after. episodes after. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, now, here, let me ask you this. 
If what do you think they're going to draw in Winnipeg for Monday Night Raw? Yes, I'm saying seventy five hundred. I would say more. I'll go eight thousand. Mm. Okay, so there's a reason why they're going to draw less than nine. September thirtieth and January or February when they did the last two TVs. I that, think it's going to be much less. I'm, I'll go on a limb and say like sixty five hundred. Okay, I say seventy five. Here's why I say it's like Price is Right. Here's yeah. why I say it's one dollar. Here's why I say it's going down. <laughs> one. it's summer and that's actually the peak holiday. Well, no, August 14th is a little different, but it's still a, it's still a peak of holidays. So there's going to be less people who want to go inside for an, for an event Two, it's their brand has to be hot. And I actually am worried with Vince there, their, that their brand is going to start to crater and trend downward. So I think 7,500 is what they draw. There's a lot of excitement right now. Tickets just recently went on sale. Do we know how many I don't know, but I will find out. Let's it'll find be out. on it'll be on social media Call later today on Monday. Yep. I will make sure it's on there. Let's but check it out. yeah, it's uh But there's a lot of excitement. Listen, WWE, they are they're doing well right now, with the exception of people a little bit whiny that Vince is back in You're going to hear a vi- on TV for the next month or two, you're going to hear a fire Vince chant nonstop. Now that there's an owner who can fire Vince, well, we'll see what be... Triple H says this this weekend because he's apparently coming out again on SmackDown to discuss. Uh, and by the time yeah. this, this airs, it'll have happened. Yeah, we, we will have already known what he so says. He so he is the head of creative, or he's chief content creator, or chief content officer, chief content officer. But he's now essentially his... in the role Heyman and Bruce Prichard were, where that he answers to Vince as opposed to a point Vince, a month ago the, the, he bu- supposedly the, didn't yeah, answer to anybody. The buck yeah. stops with Vince again. Well, well, we'll see what happens. Thank right? you, Vince McMahon. But you ruined the 50th episode of Beeshees. We were going to have a party. Yeah. Well, we're saving it now for two more weeks to I'm, the one-year anniversary. I'm throwing the cake away that yeah. I baked. Well, it's not going to be good in two weeks. It'll that, be dry. That's, that's true. We'll get an ice cream cake. Yes. Well, two. Oh, wait. I'm picking up a cake on. tomorrow from Pinky's Bake Shop. You ever had a... Whoa. You ever had a cake from Pinky's Bake Shop? I've never had anything from Pinky, and I never will. <laughs> a few people have had pie. <laughs> Moving P- right along. Pinky's Bakery. Where's that? On Stradbrook. Mm. outstanding isn't there a guns bakery too yeah there's guns bakery yeah pinky and guns bakery go yeah. figure competitive yeah. <laughs> before we move on i i just thought of something you're talking about tony Kong essentially being a goober uh and when it comes down to like would it work for him to play a role because vince no, mcmahon no. never vince mcmahon played sort of a turned up version of himself i think tony Kong shouldn't play a turned up version. he should play a completely different guy no. but would it work better if he played a role because does he, he want to be dixie carter 2.0 I, uh, you'd have to ask him that. He should be the straight man if he ever comes out. Just to simply announce, hey, everybody, we got a new show on TBS. He should be Jack Tunney. Blah, blah, and that's that. He should hire a very, very credible Dana White type person who runs his company. And even if he micromanages him, he should hire a legitimate general manager, someone who oversees the product. Um, and no, I'm not putting my name in for that because obviously I wouldn't get it. But there are people, actually, Don Callis wouldn't be the worst choice in his company oh. from within. I don't like Callis, but that's the kind of guy he would need. I, there's other guys in his company. Chris Daniels, maybe. Um, he wouldn't be bad. But I think a lot of these guys, like, I think again, Daniels is with ROH, like, running it. Okay. I'm not sure. But, like, we've talked about this in the past, how they have guys like Jerry Lynn. They have, you know. Underutilized, all of them. But they're, these guys who work there don't listen. Well, they think, oh, we know it all. Thanks. Like, they yeah. don't care. Arn Anderson, like, why would you not be utilizing a wealth of experience like that? These guys just figure, oh, we just know it all now. They don't care. Like, you watch one of those young bucks matches. I mean, 
Why even have a referee? Yeah, they just, just stand they job there. out the referee so bad. Why not make Jeff Jarrett the CEO? But you can make whoever you want CEO, but are they going to respect them enough and where there'll be any implications if they're not following direction? What they need. And when they're yeah. EVPs, okay. what so, are you going to do? But what they need, when they announce Wembley, they need somebody who's polished and credible to say, this is a big deal for us. Uh, we we did a lot of market research. We we've we're ready for this. Well, I'm sure Nigel McGuinness will be front and center, like as we get closer to all in. Yeah, but one of the problems is Tony Khan already bombed the effing announcement. Yeah, then he brought in Adam Cole too. What did he do in that promo? Like, what? Yeah. what was he just in around the office? Hey, we we're kind of got this promo. Do you want to join in? Like, what was the point? Yeah, I I would have just given the whole promo to Nigel. Like as an introduction, because first of all, Nigel made his debut at Supercard of, of Honor. So I don't know if he's Ring of Honor. Is he AEW? We don't know. Obviously, he's getting paid by the same guy. But um, that's the other problem. Yeah. So I would just have Nigel, you know, dealing. He should have just done that announcement because he's the right guy. He was at the show, yeah. SummerSlam 92, which our trivia question will be about. Excellent. This, this week, by the way. So one last thing about it. He. Another thing he did wrong was buy a brand that existed and run it independently. Who did? Tony Khan with Ring of Honor. It's an absolute disaster. Their show looked great before Mania. It looked like a major league production. I haven't finished watching it. It looked like, it, not your typical Coyotes production, but an actual Hollywood production in Los Angeles. It was, but again, that's not the essence of what Ring of Honor is. Ring of Honor ha- succeeded as an indie alternative. Pretty. And that's what yep. he should run it as, is something where it's still, it feeds that underground current. But I think what he needs to do, he needs to clean it up and polish it up a little bit with the host. To try to get it on TV? Yeah. yeah. At, with one day, hey, look at this property. That's always going to be the second brand. I just don't it think will. people are going to get excited about ever broadcasting it. And that would be, be totally different. That would be like the NFL saying to their broadcast partners, listen, we're not going to sell you a week, a game of the week, but you know, we've got this Canadian brand that we're, we're not even associated with. Or this arena. Yeah. League. Yeah. We got this arena league that we're going to fund so that that's what we're going to air on your show. So you're, you think you're getting NFL football, but you're actually getting a very co- condensed version. It would never work. It just, that's the problem. It's never, Ring of Honor will never have the same type of roster. So any TV carrier is getting a second place roster NXT was different. It was the same network that was willing to take the extra hour. And ECW, remember ECW when WWE launched that in 09, yeah. I think it was? Yeah, or maybe 07. 07? 06 or 06. Okay, so when they launched that, I mean, in Canada here, we got it on Global. After midnight on Friday. Right, but we ne- Global had stopped carrying wrestling altogether yeah. in Canada. Years ago, yeah. decades ago, Leonard probably. Asper was the CEO of Global at that time. He's currently the owner of Impact. So, but they chose that's like the third rank brand. And I mean, we're talking Canada here. That's a little bit different. But that, they sold that in Canada almost like a syndicated package. That was still when syndicated wrestling was still a thing. Like it wasn't sold to be like it was sold to be a little bit harder, like older gauging crowd that's why they thought a friday night time slot would work late after midnight in canada it didn't their numbers were horrendous they were bad by 2010 they ran that up until the end of 2009 in 2010 when wfx was negotiating rtv to try to get a canadian deal we actually talked to global which had already changed ownership and it became a sh- uh, company of shaw did you guys try and scoop the zombie no 
We never did. His name was Tim Arson, wasn't it? Tim Arson? Tim something. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway. He was so how long did we go? 30 minutes, 31 minutes. Okay, that's that's not bad. We, we'll cut it there for now, and we're all going to grow a mustache Pencil in honor mustache. of Vince Mc... What is he thinking? What? We're going to come back with uh, with the main event, Munchie Trivia, and later on, the Mary Brown mailbag. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. Jeff Cavanaugh is a good friend of the show. I believe he listens when he can. He uh, also has the distinction of currently uh, working as an agent for Impact Wrestling, and he's the guy who trained the Mecca Shane Madison. One of them, yes. Yes, and today he is not a great day for our friend Jeff. Um, so maybe you can say a few words. Yeah, no, I just wanted to quickly mention, um, like to kind of actually dedicate show number 50 to uh, Jeff's mother, Shirley, who just passed away actually she had uh, a, a short intense bout with cancer and um, she was uh, just an amazing woman when I was training uh, in Windsor again I went down there with somebody that we've talked about before in the past and he couldn't really hack it so he flew home so that kind of increased my expenses and uh, when I was training down there I was working like a kind of a crummy job and I'd, uh, I lived in this house with like rats and mice and I had to hang my food from the ceiling and a bed sheet and all sorts of crazy stuff that if I ever actually made it to the top level of the wrestling business, it would be a great A&E special. But um, this, uh, Jeff's mom, Shirley, she allowed me to live when she saw my living conditions. She let me live in their house for like three months. And I, I don't even think I paid rent. And uh, that was just super appreciated. So... Um, you know, sad day. I reached out to him. Um, he's doing a, he's doing okay, but um, he's a friend of the show, and I have a lot of respect. And and um, you know, the guys, you know, whenever somebody kind of brings you to the business, you never forget that, right? And it's one of those things where it's like, um, I do anything for that guy, and um, I'm just thinking about him and his family, and um, you know, wish them well and hope they're doing okay during this difficult time. Yeah, our thoughts to Jeff, and yep. hopefully he uh, he gets through this with his family and. What a great help. Uh, her name was Shirley, right? Shirley, yeah. Yeah, she, she took care of a young guy that needed a break. All right, and it's time now for Main Event Munchie Trivia. And Mike, last week we had a really good question. Tell us uh, the deets on that. So Ryan Price, who we uh, know what? from, yeah, I think it was Ryan Price. Yes, who we knew from um, River City Wrestling. He uh, the Glamour Boys. Yep. He answered the question Again? correctly. He was, the, wait, 
again? Two, t- two weeks in a row? No, it wasn't him. Okay, let me go back here. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? You should not be allowed to win main event munchies. No, two it's weeks not in a row. not him. Somebody else. No, we, we have any extra bags we, kicking we around. We don't, but we have a policy with with winning. It's at ninety days. So if you win, you've got to wait ninety days okay. to keep win again. Keep playing. Keep playing. And then if you if you don't wait ninety days and you or you can't pick up your prize, it goes to me. It go yes, it goes to to. Jeez, Weiss. Yeah, Are we good. sure Ryan Price won before? Positive. He won that uh, the week before, whatever the question. Oh, no, he was second last week. Who was first? Oh, well, we'll we don't need to announce a winner's name. But there was a winner. Yeah, well, there was. A, we got t- hundreds of people who had the answer right. But uh, the first person is the one who gets it. I'll have to go back because I was inundated. Anyway, the question was, Ric Flair left... Uh, he lost a loser leaves the WWF match in 1993 January on Monday Night Raw. Who was he? He lost to it was Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. But still continued to work house shows after that match, which was how many? He was working in February overseas against Bret Hart. Oh, oh another asterisk! Oh. I hate when they do this. I'm surprised uh, nobody uh, clued into that. I didn't know that he continued to work. I think February 5th was his last. Uh, what a dick. Not, not, not everybody's got that, that knowledge like you. Did though. you know? Showed up at Super Brawl February 21st. Did you know WCW Nitro from Panama City was not the last WCW broadcast? I know that. That was April 1st was WCW. Uh, it was, I think it was, it was worldwide. The, yeah, syndicated. Yep. And they and uh, Scott Hudson and Mike Tenay. You can see this very well on YouTube. I've watched it many times. Was it good? Sad. It was kind of sad. It was just yeah. It was WrestleMania weekend. It was the Saturday or Sunday of WrestleMania, and they had a, a broadcast obligation to a yep. commitment to. And they basically said, "We're out of here. We'll see you down the road, or we'll see you when we see you." <laughs> yeah, that's it. And bye bye WCW. What is the question this week? And then we're going to talk about bye byes. So we we talked earlier on the show here about. Uh, AEW All In going to Wembley Stadium on August the 27th. And, uh, of course, SummerSlam 92 was the first uh, large event, uh, uh, the first pay-per-view for sure that WWE did overseas. That was actually taped on August 29th, 1992, but aired in North America on August 31st, 1992. So two days later, of course, there's no internet, so no spoilers. Um, that show was originally supposed to be booked in Washington, D.C., or be, I want to say Landover, Maryland. I think that's what it was. Of course, we all know the main event for that show was Bret the Hitman Hart defending the WWF Intercontinental Championship against the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith. The question this week is, who was Bret Hart's original SummerSlam 92 opponent before the show was moved to Wembley Stadium. It was not Davy Boy Smith. Who is that person? Okay. That's a good one. No hints. No hints. Okay. Do you want to know, you, we were speaking about the last WCW um, episode, and it was a WCW Worldwide. Do you want to know how bad that was for guys that they did the Monday Nitro, and then they went to the power plant to meet with WWE personnel? Uh, I think Johnny Ace... Yeah, he was there. Yeah, there was a, whoever it was, and they had to go, and they had to basically make a pitch for their job. Tony Schiavone showed up very confident that he would get a job. Hmm. How different it would have been if Tony... And Tony should have got a job. Yeah. Tony was not a bad broadcaster. Well, Tony talks about that on his... Um, podcast. Podcast, yeah. and how he was the biggest mistake he ever made leaving in 1990, going yeah. back to WCW, right? But, uh, and but you know, Vince, apparently, what Tony says is, 
hey, I always had an open door policy, but he had reached out to him several times and he never never got a never yeah. got a return phone call. Never got a return phone call. This is what I okay. So you heard me last segment talk about what I don't like about Tony Khan. What I like about Tony Khan is he gave people a job who had not had a job in wrestling for a long time. Yeah. Um, I'll give you like. Tony Schiavone is a great example. Tully Blanchard, guys that couldn't get another gig, he gave them another gig. Arn Anderson, you listen to his Jim podcast. Ross. Yeah, you listen. Well, Jim Ross was never going to get back on air. He would have been able to get a pay a payoff, but like he could have got a job in WWE doing like stuff for. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think so. I, I don't think, think he was burnt. I think I think he would have always been able to find something. Just he not, should not be doing commentary anymore. I no. think that everyone, I think that's the consensus of everyone but JR. And I feel bad because they, they shot him on a pay-per-view and he walked out and you know how they shoot him his, his big intro right before the pay-per-view goes on the air. And listen, I understand the guy's had problems and cancer and all this stuff. And he needs to be comfortable when he's out there. But he, they shot him. He's wearing sweatpants, sneakers, and a dress shirt that's not tucked in. Hey, if you're going to be on television, don't show the poor guy on TV dressed like that. He looks like a slob. Yeah. I know he has to be comfortable, but if you're going to shoot Jim Ross from the waist up, have him behind the desk. There's no need to show him walking out in sweatpants and sneakers. He looks like a homeless guy. Well, there doesn't need to be a dress shirt either. Once you've got the sweatpants Brutal. on, what's the point of the dress shirt? Well, because you're going to shoot him... From the desk up. That's what he's thinking. I guess He so, probably right. didn't think of them, they're going to do the walking shot. Um, but they've given a lot of jobs to people, and that's a good thing for Tony Khan. Tony Khan's done more good than bad. The problem with Tony Khan is getting into Tony Khan's way. That's a wrap on the last point. I wanted to talk local, which we always love to do. And uh, talk is Jericho, one of the biggest podcasts, other than maybe ours. and Well, it's a little bigger <laughs> than ours. I was surprised this week when it dropped and, and Winnipeg Pro Wrestling promoter Devin Bray. Our darlings. Our darling. Yeah, yeah. And he's not just a darling of our podcast anymore. Apparently he's a darling of Chris Jericho's podcast. I wonder what people are going to say about that. I hope you all listened because, man, did he do a great job on that interview. This is something he did very well, Devin Bray did. He made me know why Bobby Shink is special. And if I had never seen Bobby Shank, I would have needed that help. That's a great point because I didn't get it. Yeah. I don't get the guy. I don't get yeah. what he's. But the way Devin the way talked about him. And, yeah. I don't get it. But he made AJ Sanchez sound like the most legitimate guy. So obviously he's a little bit more in touch than I am. He made. Must have struck a chord. Yeah. <laughs> he made Chad Daniels sound good. He made Cheeks sound good. He made, he talked about his roster so effectively, um, Jody threats, um, the Scott Hall story was hilarious. Yeah, you make you know, your but, offer. But like, you know, we won't tell too much cause we want to encourage people to go and yes, yeah. listen to the podcast. This is what he did better than most promoters do. He did not put himself over. Not once in that interview, he taught, I explained it to Liam Phillips and I said, you should listen to this podcast, the WPW promoter talks about how they stumbled into being the hottest tick in town. I've always believed there's a secret to it. It was just that they, this is something I'm going to tell you. There are four promoters in Western Canada that are doing it differently. And it, right now they're the, they're the hot thing in each one of the markets. Top talent in Alberta, in Edmonton, Dungeon Wrestling in Calgary, which did that show at the Pavilion that had 900 people. Nation Extreme Wrestling in Vancouver. And in Winnipeg, it's Winnipeg Pro. 
that doesn't mean that they're all better than the Danny Duggins or the all-star wrestling in Vancouver or Can-Am wrestling in Alberta, but they're doing something differently and it's perspective, their approach to it. The, the guys like Danny have done it exactly like the independent wrestling formula. It's tried, it's tested, it's true. That's what they think. Why do you have to do anything different? We know what works. That is the attitude of the people who've been doing it for a long time. Then you hear of a different approach and one of them's working better than the other. My question is, do the promoters that are established who've done it for 10 or 15 years, do they have to drastically change to get into the same playing field as say Winnipeg Pro? Or do they stick to what they know and continue to have their share of the market? Right now, the market coexistence is, is amazing. Everyone's drawing. Mania is over. Royal Rumble to WrestleMania gets really hot for wrest- for independent wrestling. That's over. What will happen now? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of good lessons that can be learned from WPW. I mean, but I also think like when we talk about like those WPW fans are not going to a CWE show. No. Nope. Right? So it's like, just but they the, also built that organically, right? Through right. very shrewd um, social media, through clever names of their shows. One thing he said that made shocked me: he they did a sellout on a wrestling show without even a wrestler on a poster or a wrestling ring. That's pretty impressive. They didn't have a ring. No, nope. oh, that makes that's two, what he that said. Two, I think it was the, was it cold out. No, they just didn't put oh, the ring on yeah, the poster. It was cold oh. out. Yeah, cold <laughs> out. The, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the golden boy, yes. like with the day after tomorrow. Yeah. So their market is so sold on W. They don't They don't have wrestling fans. They have WPW fans. Listen, I, there's a friend of mine who, I, a guy I used to work with, he's in his late 50s. And he said to me, this is maybe six months ago, he said, hey man, uh, I went to this uh, wrestling show. And I go, oh really, what was that? And this is before I was kind of more up to date on what's going on with WPW. And he's like, what's this WPW show? And I looked at him and I thought, okay, this guy is going to a WPW show? Yeah. How? How? Yeah. How did this happen? When, this- they, when they named their company and they ran their first show at the Sherbrooke Inn, I didn't take them serious. I was like, Winnipeg Pro? What kind yeah. of name is that? And it's not and it's not like a bad thing. Winnipeg, nope. calling it Winnipeg Pro is not a bad thing. No, but, it makes it Winnipeg's own. But we used to think like, oh, you know, it just re- it really regionalizes it. Yeah. How are you going to go run a show in blah, blah, blah? Like, yeah. right? So, But um, that's not their vision. Yeah. Their nope. vision is to build their audience where they are. That's why they're our darlings. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Now, I believe right now, <laughs> CWE is... Um, Bringing in the best talent, right? One of the things that Devin said in his interview with Jericho is that they, WPW doesn't need, uh, or the, not that they don't need to, but they don't believe in the big high-priced talent. Yeah, they don't believe in the honky-tonk yeah. mans. They want to bring in the stars of tomorrow yeah. that you're going to see, which, you know, granted, Smart. Danny... Danny had Tyler Black here in 2009. Yep. Danny had Chase Daniel, Owens for a long time. Chase Owens. Um, you know, he had uh, Daniel Bryan in here yeah. or Brian Danielson at the time, right? So, I mean, Danny did a lot of those same but things. But now too. Danny goes by what the sponsors respond to. Yep. Bray Wyatt. Or not Bray Wyatt. Uh, Eric, Eric Rowan. Rowan. Eric same Rowan. thing. Same shoe. Same, same she's. Um, but he he's going to go with mainstream appeal. Tessa I, Tessa Blanchard's an interesting one because sponsors aren't going to know her. They won't know her, and especially they're going to like really weird rural towns in Saskatchewan. So yeah. I'm not sure. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Tessa Blanchard yeah. 
fan, but I don't even know if she's going to show up. Like when her dad is telling her quit the business. I think she's going to show up because this is her shot at a comeback. <laughs> I that's also, what her dad tells her. Her social media really? is now trying to show that she's, she's trying to portray that she's changed. There was a time when I believed that she was the best professional wrestler on the planet, mm-hmm. male or female. She was that good. Cause she, you know, what's easy to think that though, when heels commit to being heels, cause that's the art form. She wrestles like Chris Benoit. Eh, does that make you great? Would Chris Benoit be what he is, what he was then? Would he be that now with that style? In WWE, no. In uh, AEW, perhaps. I mean, like she's very explosive. With yeah. What she, a lot of her um, mechanics in the ring, and they're bringing in a female for her to wrestle, so she's not going to be taking on. Which I asked my colleagues in Ontario. She's apparently an international star. He's like never heard of her. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my thing. I, I don't know who this. I was person like, who is. is this? But hey, I don't. I, mean, I don't even got... know to reference her. Um, but anyway. My advice to promoters right now that are dedicated to doing it the try, tried and tested way, if it's working for you, it works. Like I, my whole thing is I never want to tell a listener, hey, listen, don't spend your money where you want to spend your money. I always say, please keep supporting. You, the, the fans are the most important part. So I think that the fans right now are making a very loud statement that they're willing to support wrestling at a local and independent level and it's up to the promoters to do to put out their best product and what they believe and what they know to be their best product. The situation in Winnipeg is going to be interesting. So hold on a second. Is this where you tell me what you're going to be doing as far as Mike Davidson wrestling coming up? Like I promised, what, I would say it here. What, I can say it right now. What percentage are we at this yeah, week yeah. for episode for fifty Davidson, of the Bishies? One percent. One percent. We're down to one percent. So one percent. Yes, you're running. Ninety-nine percent. You are not. Do you want ready. me to go? I'll go there now. He he was at zero percent when we started the show. You yeah. remember it was me goading we, him every week about this. Yeah, we got as high, and this wasn't. It was ninety percent. It was yeah. ninety. I it, remember it was, talking it was, with you. I was trying to beg yeah. you, don't do this. So we're not. Do, so I can say now. Go, go there. We're not doing it. Uh, I had the venue. I had a venue agreement. I had uh, one of the things that is tough was. If I wanted to bet on myself and take a, a significant part of my savings and put it in and invest myself, I wanted to do that. I did go the process of meeting and talking to investors, two of them, not together, not as a group, but either one was going to fund it. One was willing to fund and we're talking $150,000. The problem with a $150,000 investor, I knew I could do a lot and we, there was a plan for $150,000. The problem was how much say does $150,000 buy the, or does that buy that voice? Right. And that's a problem is listen, I just, because you have $150,000 that if you want to take $150,000 and start a wrestling company without me, you can have a hundred percent of the say, right? Go have at her. But there is a balance balancing act. And I did it okay with Jeff Dick for years, balance what his best interests were based on what I believe the vision had to be. I sold a vision. He liked the vision. He was ready to put $150,000 in, but I did not think that there was going to be a balance between how much say this person wanted and how much say I was prepared to give up. And that's fair. Yes. So my thought was, okay, if you want to put your $150,000 in, I'll still put in 50,000. So I would have 25% of the, of the investment in from myself. And on top of that, I still want to maintain a, a large level of say. 
it was going to be a tug of war. And I, at my age, I'm not very good at balancing that. You guys know it. Hey, can we get formats? No. Like you basically, you basically get a, a <laughs> yeah. verbal middle finger. Yeah. No offense, but like, no, I, I won't remember the format anyway. There's no point in going with a format. So it's not happening in 2023. I'm not going to close the door permanently. I'll tell you another big reason. Yeah, you never say never. I'll tell you another big reason. I, I believe because I'm retired. Yes, <laughs> I believe. You can't it, push me anymore. I believe in the king of the castle mentality, and if I'm going to go into this, I want to be the king of the castle. My ego is huge, but it's not too big to say I couldn't do better than what one of the companies is doing locally right now. I couldn't. I did not. Think, I would agree. Yeah. I think I told you that yes, too. You did. I said I told Mike. I said you can't touch these guys. Yeah. So when Nobody I re- can. so when I realized, okay, I can work collaboratively. I have a great relationship with all the companies. I can work collaboratively co- collaboratively with all of them. I'll tell you what my vision was, and it was a good vision. B she's wrestling. No, <laughs> I pitched that. It was BSW. No. Yeah, there was a right? couple other names. BSW. So I'll tell you where we were. <laughs> I was going to borrow from First Wrestling in Minnesota, Eric Cannon. I was going to borrow from Top Talent in Edmonton. Send me some talent. I was going to borrow from my friends in All-Star in in Vancouver. And the trans, everyone says, oh, you can afford the trans. Well, it's costing $150 to fly round trip from Vancouver. It's not a backbreaker. Bring in skis, me's. Maybe skis, me's. Probably the Bollywood boys. Bees, bees. Yes. Um... There was a whole bunch, there was a whole layer, there was so much talent. I was never going to have a problem with talent. I had the booker picked out, Liam Phillips. I had the ring sourced. I had the venue. I had everything. I didn't show it. doing? Uh, well, you, we we're going to have you come back and wrestle. <laughs> and made event. I, but then there was another vision. Well, you know there. I, I approached Impact about doing house shows in Winnipeg and I would be the man or the promoter of the ground. That was, that looked like that had a potential. Then I had That's a different. still not dead, I would say. Uh, it's dead for now. Uh, my choice. Yeah, I know that. Um, I had a date, September 21st. So I had it all. One of the things I was going to do was going to do something called neutral territory. Do you not want me to give this? I, I don't think you should give this away. Why? No one else could pull it off. All right. No, well, no one listening. There's no more surprise. So if you do it. Conrad Thompson could do, pull this off. Yeah. If you want to do this ever. Yeah, yeah, a year from now, the landscape will be different. All right. I was going to get Impact to send me a feature match, oh, yeah, I remember we which was going to be a, like something good, like either a tag yeah. team title match or an Impact World Championship match, whatever that they were going to decide. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to go to the NWA and get them to send me a match. Then I was going to go to Major League Wrestling, get them to send me a match. And basically I'd pay the cost to get it into Winnipeg for the, for the show. I wanted their full participation in terms of marketing that show as an independent spectacle so that when we sold it on Fight TV as a pay-per-view, there'd be a, a larger audience, right? Your full participation isn't just send me a match. Let's make this so damn successful that it's a good, it's a good uh, showcase for your talent and for your brand. Then the big thing was you're going to need something, to, the cherry on the cupcake. And I was going to use the relationship with Impact to get New Japan to send me a match. So I had it all figured out. And everyone's like, right now, the calculators of every armchair quarterback is, oh my, that was going to cost a fortune. You're damn right it was going to cost a fortune. But here's what I thought. Winnipeg, at the time I was projecting, was going to go 8,000 for, for All Elite. And I thought this could do 25%. I thought 2,000 paid was very realistic. Maybe I'm wrong. 
but that was going to be it. And then on, as underneath to really help certain promoters, I really believe in first wrestling from Minneapolis was going to send me a match. That'd be Eric Cannon versus Darren Corbin or whatever. Um, top talent would send me a match from, from Vancouver or sorry, from Edmonton, all-star from Vancouver and Winnipeg pro would send them a, a showcase match. What they want an audience like you that pick to Winnipeg pro for that spot. Tough call. Really? Um, it's so it's tough because I have a kinship and loyalty to Danny and I know how hard Danny's worked. There's not a promoter that's ever worked harder than Danny Duggan. Danny Duggan's vision for his wrestling company is to drive profits so he can make a living. And that's what business is. So I don't begrudge him what he does. But Winnipeg pro has a different approach and I'll tell you what their, what their difference is when they decided what they wanted, what, what, you can tell they're not, hey, we can profit today by, by giving less. Their commitment is to their fan base. So they had a 500-person sellout. They didn't at that point start, you know, okay, we'll just give them a show. They added the Billington Bulldogs after. And I think they, no, I think they had LaFista already announced. But they, they I don't add, know if they did even. Well, okay. They added value after they had the sellout. And I have a lot of respect for that. So my thought was we do, and, and the whole idea of neutral territory is it's something you could do three times a year. I wouldn't always use WPW. I might use CWE. One of the drawbacks, and I love Danny. Danny and I could not do business on a handshake. There's just not, there's just not that level of comfort or trust. And it's not a necessarily a problem with Danny. It's just every deal Danny does, he needs to benefit because he's a for-profit business. I understand that. I respect it. I just wouldn't trust his handshake necessarily based on his desire to be for profit. Plus the way that merchandising was going to be done. I didn't want wrestlers up there selling their own merch. CWE is a big proponent of that, but that's, that's where it was at. How close was it? I would say at one point it was 99.5% done, um, but it declined quickly when my, it's not really ego, but I don't want, I don't want to disrupt a market that's really doing well. I, someone would get displaced in that and I don't know who it would be, but I didn't really feel comfortable. There's people, there's people who are devoting their whole life to their wrestling company right now. I would be coming in still doing my bomber stuff, still doing my other work. Like it just doesn't make sense to come in just to, just to do something and then maybe not commit afterwards. Right. That's, that's the way it was. All right. You guys getting hungry yet? Uh, I know you're trying to feed to the next segment. That's right. All right. What are we at for time? We're at 56 minutes. You know, if I put out a t- pro wrestling tees shirt, the, the front would say, what are we at for time? <laughs> I think I say that five times an episode. You do. And I like the way that you just pushed the feed aside and just went off on the t-shirt thing. Well, what? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious. Has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. Two questions in the mailbag this week. Uh, first one coming in on Instagram direct message, but you can get it on with us by going to Instagram and searching Total B. She's 
Twitter, Total B She's, Facebook, Total B She's. You can slide into the DMs. If you tweet it, you can use the hashtag, main, or what is the hashtag? Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary, Mary Brown's Mailbag. There we go. Boy, loving not having this format. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I popped myself there. Sorry. Uh, this question is coming in from local, just local. Talking about being dressed up for your bookings. I'm the kind of guy who enjoys wearing dressy clothes if the occasion calls for it. However, if we were expected to set up and take down the ring on a local level, how does someone dress nice but also not wreck their clothes during ring setup? Do you, do you ever encounter this? Okay, first and foremost, negotiate not to have to do the ring crew. Um, well, my advice to this person was there should be a ring crew. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is great, though, that these guys nowadays just think it's compulsory to have to set up the ring and take down the ring. Well, and that's the die that has been cast locally, though. Wow, that's a corner being cut, in all honesty. My thought on it is this. Uh, Hire bimbo. Well, <laughs> the cost for, for the cost for a promoter <laughs> should be no more than a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars to to have a ring crew and get them a pizza or two, right? Give them something like maybe three guys, fifty dollars, and your pizza and tickets to the show. Well, yeah, Ooh, exactly. Done. And and so that's one hundred and fifty dollars. Now in that, then you can raise the bar of having your talent showing up looking like a million dollars, which raises the pres like the what the fans think your show is worth. Um, now that's not going to change for some guys. And, and there are still some guys that are going to show up in their tank top and, and sweats. And that's just what they wear. Maybe you punish guys. If they show up looking like slobs, they have to put up. Well, the ring. yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you're dressed to do ring crew, right? That would be something. That'd be all, right. all of a sudden. Everyone's wearing a three piece suit. Oh, I don't want to, or I don't want to wreck my great jeans or whatever. Um, I think it's great that this wrestler is totally willing and able to do the ring and completely comfortable with that because that's the norm. You would never have gone for that. Me? Yeah. If I'd said, okay, uh, okay, <laughs> Mecca, you and Playboy Will Damon and uh, whoever are going to do the ring crew, that would never happen. We had rookies who did the ring crew. Greg Roman yeah. was a great ring guy. And see, you know, the good thing for me is like, I remember Louie tried to get me to do the ring. And I, you know, I've done the ring before, and I don't want to kind of say I'm, I'm been, I'm above doing the ring. Like that's not the case. The fact is, you know, when you're trained, you know, part of paying your dues, you know, is doing the ring. That's part of paying your dues. It's also something you graduate from. Thank yes, and thankfully, I w I didn't, I wasn't trained here, so the way I looked at it is. You know, I'll help out when, like, there's been times where it's like, guys, we got to get this ring up. We got to, like, it has to be up. Like, the doors are open. Yeah, then I'm all for it. I'm getting in there and yeah. helping put up the ring. Um, but the other thing is, is that I don't owe anybody here anything. Nobody here trained me. I'm on the show. I'm trained. I'm a professional. I And, you know, so I also looked at it that way. Yeah. So that's just my opinion. Now, you know, I think if a requirement nowadays is, having to put that ring up. I don't think that's if you're, if you've trained here and that's part of, you know, paying your dues. And like you said, Mike, you do graduate from that one day. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but I think maybe, you know, you might even have to, if you're setting up the ring, do you want fans coming in? Nope. Seeing you set nope. up the ring, you look like a J bro. I see it all the time at yep. the end of the night. Yeah. The guys are taking the ring down and there's still fans out there. Yeah. And you I don't look, agree with that even. No, yeah. absolutely not. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Yeah. These guys are stars. Yeah. So I would say, 
a general rule of thumb would be don't le- don't let the marks in on the on the you know process. You know, yeah, yeah, like I even having the ring being torn down in front of people is a little bit for me. I'm just a little bit like ah, that's letting not the end of the world. I understand why they have to do it because they got to get out of the venue because all these shitheads who are saying yeah. hey go eight minutes and they go fifteen because yeah. they want to yeah. get their shit in. So you know I get it. Here's what I'll say. Uh, I think the talent should do the ring on the road because you take a smaller crew, you're keeping your cost down. You don't want to travel out extra people. So, okay, guys, everyone's going to do the ring on the road. That's, that goes without saying you're in a tight amount of time. Everyone worked together to put that show on. It's a traveling production in town at your home venue. There should be volunteers that are helping anyway. There should be guys in training. Yes. There's people you have, you have resources here to make that happen. That venue should be set up. So the talent comes in and this doesn't make sense to me. Hey, you guys are going to sell, you got your, you guys are going to set up the ring. Then you got to sell your own gimmicks so that you make a few extra dollars. So you're out there like, did you shower? No. So you're now got dirty hands and stuff. Yep. You're interacting with the general public. Then you got to go work on your match. Then right after the main event is done, all of you have to go back out there in front of the people. Eventually the people are going to say, what kind of production is this? I go to a Guns N' Roses concert, Slash finishes playing guitar. He doesn't put the guitar down and start taking down the stage. Like he <laughs> Slash goes, throws the yeah. guitar on the floor and yeah. walks away. He I, goes to the backstage and that's the last time you see him. So people go, that was the best Guns N' Roses concert I that saw. That guy's a star. Yes. Star, I, I don't understand it. Like, Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You never heard that Bryce Willis pulled cables on the set of Die Hard yes. or whatever. You know, Br- Bryce or Bruce? I call him Bryce. <laughs> okay, When good. you've known him as long as I have, you call yes. him Bryce. Like The Rock is a major movie star and a major wrestler. He does not do, like he he shows up on set, everything is set up. I'll give you an example. Last week, Dave Naylor was in town for TSN. He was interviewing a guy who just signed, who played for the Bisons, who signed with a big contract with the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm told, okay, TSN is going to be coming to set up to do this interview. First, the two, first two who come are the camera people who are going to set up the room. Then a lighting guy comes. Then a sound tech. Dave Naylor's the second last guy to get there because all Dave Naylor has to do is come with his notes and conduct the interview. He doesn't show up and start setting up the room. That's not his responsibility. They have people that they hire to do that. Promoters, stop cutting corners. Let your talent focus on what they need to focus on. Having a great match. Do not focus on setting up the ring. What happens if you drop a post on your foot and break a toe? Now you can't wrestle that night. I bet you wish you didn't have them setting up the ring then. Do not have them selling their own merch. Have a hawker system that's good at pushing it. So right after the show, as people are leaving, oh, you can get your post-show autograph with that talent who's waiting there for you. And if there's like a rookie who's setting up the ring, fine. But let's do it when there's no one around. Yeah. If every rookie, if, if your enhancement talent sets up the ring, I don't think that matters. But how in the world do you have, how do you, how do you sell, I don't know, AJ Sanchez, who happens to own the ring, how do you sell him as a big deal, most qualified wrestler when they see him lugging the posts and the wood into the building? Well, I guess he's a hell of a professional. No offense to AJ, I love him, but you get everything from AJ. You get a guy who gives you a main event match. You get a guy who sells his own merch. You get a guy who sets up the ring too. It's amazing, but certain things they should focus on. All right, let's move on to question number two on Twitter from Scott Carnegie. He used the hashtag, hashtag, Mary Brown's mailbag. He also sent a picture of what he gets when he goes to Mary Brown's mail. But it's Mary Brown's carnies. Yeah, skis carnies. How does a local wrestler who has a day job transition to being a full time wrestler that travels? All right. First and foremost, before I answer that, I on your advice, I tried the the uh, 
grilled chicken oh, at Mary Brown's. How good. I, I didn't get sidekick sauce because I don't know what sidekick sauce is. And I need you to tell me what sidekick sauce I is. I didn't get it either. I got, but you can I got, get it on the side. Yeah, I got light mayonnaise. Because okay. I think sidekick sauce might be Thousand Islands. But I don't know. But I loved it. I had it, it two so days good. in a row. It, yes. Yeah, very, it is the perfect chicken breast on a bun. It wasn't dried out. Like you get grilled chicken from places and it's gr- dried out and, and it's, it's awful. Or something. It was very flavorful. Everything is fresh at Mary yeah. Brown. What yeah. is going to be your, your choice this week? It's going to be grilled chicken. It's going to be grilled chicken moving forward. Could you mention that you need a gift card for me to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take it if you got one. Yes. I'm going to Mary Brown's. Uh, but this time I'm, you know, I'm 10 pounds overweight for this time of year. Anyway, you gotta get ready. The pool season's coming I know up. I should only be, grilled eating, chicken. I should only be eating the grilled chicken, but you know what? How's the tan looking? No. Well, I was in Cuba not that long ago, but it's not as good as it should be. But you know what I had? I had the waffle fries oh. poutine. Oh yeah. Oh, with wow. curds. And I loved it. So many lazy car and curds. Keys. Keys. <laughs> so, okay, go back to the question was, how uh, do you transition from your full-time job, regular job, to being a professional wrestler? Who travels, yes. Here, let, well, let, let me just take this one real quick, yeah. first of all. If you were wrestling locally be, to make a living with the, money, with the money that you're making locally, you're an idiot. You're going to be cutting back on your expenses right, big time. Right. You should be, you should be, you know, you expect to be paid fairly for what you've Put into the business, you should be compensated fairly. But the whole idea of it is getting the reps in to get the hell out of here. So if you're making, if you are looking at wrestling locally as a business decision to make money, you're a moron. Yeah. I'll leave it there. So first and foremost, you're going to leave your job. Hopefully you don't have a job that pays too well because otherwise you're going to be depressed that your money strap all the time. So let's say you had a job where you're making $2,500 a month. That's not a lot of money. That's with the new minimum wage. I don't even know if that even translates. No, but I don't think so. You're making $2,500. You're going to quit. So you now need to make $2,500 as a wrestler. First thing you're going to do is get your first seven to 10 dates by doing a deal with Danny that you're going to go on the road for Danny and you're going to do his three or four Manitoba dates and his six or seven Saskatchewan dates and his five Ontario dates. And what's that equal? 12? I was zoning out there. Yeah, then you're going to have to really network hard to get your Alberta dates or your or you're going to cross the border illegally and you're going to go do dates in the states for Cleese 9. Yeah, Cloud 9 or uh there's Say hi uh, mom. uh what That's is it? the Fargo group uh, Ice Age or aren't they called Ice? No, they're um first I know what it's called. It's called uh, Below Zero Wrestling. Below Zero. I knew it was yeah. Ice or something. So but. you're going to try but the problem is when you travel for a date like a wrestling show, a lot of times what you make is going to justify why you went, but you're not going to come home with an extra $100 towards your bottom line. You're going to have to... So when I go to work for a day, and and you're in a different tax bracket than I am, but if I go to work for a day, I want to make $300 a day. That's what I'm trying to make. Do the math. That's, a, that's roughly 10-hour day is $30, right? So let's say you're $25 an hour, whatever it is. But $300 a day is a great day for me. Twenty-five or $250, okay. When I get below $200, I don't know if I, get, if I worked enough hours. So how as a talent are you going to make $200 a day? So a promoter might give you $150 a day. Then you have expenses from that. You got to pay for your food. You got to pay for whatever. So it's very, very... Your RSP investments. Yeah. yeah. How are you yeah, going right. to do it? First and foremost, if you're going to quit a job and you're going to focus on wrestling, someone who knows what they're talking about better have looked at you and said, you have a lot of potential. Otherwise, you're a, you're a moron. 
somebody who's done something in this business had better have said, you have potential. I will, I will gladly put in a word for you. Here's what you need to do. Go do it. If you have not had somebody tell you that who's, who is qualified to tell you that do not quit that job. That is suicide. You will, you'll be depressed. You won't be able to, how are you going to diet if you can't afford the, the food you're going to need? But maybe these guys are living at home too, right? I mean, there's that too. Yeah. If, it, if you're in that situation, that's a totally So take thing. one run at it. Okay. Then if but that's the on, case. This goes back to our other point that we talked about a few episodes ago where we say, why are guys taking every booking? Don't take the ones exactly. that are going to advance your career. Take the ones that are going to advance your career. Take the ones that you can be proud of. Yes. But the guys who look at it, sadly, there's a lot of them who look at this as income. That's why they take all these bookings. And uh, and a lot of it is they think it's fun to go wrestle. Could you imagine? Okay, I always compare it to CFL. Zach Caleros is going to get paid $600,000 this year to start 18 football games, at least one playoff game, maybe a championship game, and an exhibition game. There will be a championship. So what's that? 21 games. But he likes football. It's fun. So he's going to go play out in the park with a bunch of rec leaders. If he gets hurt, he loses that 600000 So choose the booking. So right now I would be sitting there and saying, okay, if I could get on this show in Alberta, I'm going to, I'm going to advance my cause by networking with this group. If I could get on this show in Fargo or this show in Minneapolis and this show here, but don't, there's shows where you know you're not advancing your career. Don't do it. What is it that the money isn't going to balance right. on that? And they, and again, they, you don't understand this until you get older, right? And we have the benefit of looking back on this with wisdom, mm -hmm. right? And because a lot of this advice you give now, people aren't going to understand till it's too late, right? So it's like, you know, thankfully, because of my style, I wasn't an idiot and I didn't kill myself in the ring like some people, right? Yeah. But you know what? I still have, you know... My knees are kind of creaky sometimes. Like, I'm going to have to get a knee replacement at some point yeah. way down the road. It's going to happen. But, like, if you, if, you, if you abuse your body like this continuously in a shitty ring against people who aren't very qualified, it's going to bite you in the ass down yeah. the road. Yeah. Think of right? how many times they take a bump off the top rope yeah. to the middle of the ring in front of 30 people. And then think of the back trouble you're going to have in your 40s. What did Shane Helms tell us that one time? He was saying how you basically, every time you take a bump, you're like getting into a little car accident. Yeah. yeah. You get into a little car accident, you know, it might be a little ding, a little fender bender, but over time, those accumulate. And once they accumulate, once they get to a point where there's too many of them. Every morning is, is an adventure just getting out of bed. Right. So be smart. Now, okay. the last thing I will say. When we talk about wrestlers picking career advancement, I'm going to take people back to 2010. All they had to do is drive to 1111 Chevrolet, get put on TV and network with the best of the best. All they had to do is bet on a guy who, and if he didn't get shut down by CRA and, you, and people had bet on him, Chevy and Sanchez would have been the biggest benefactors of being sent to Puerto Rico as the WFX tag team champions to defend the tag team championship against the local baby faces in Puerto Rico. They were going to get Trattons down there as part of, a, as part of the first act. And that wasn't my business plan. That was Bushwhacker Luke's business plan. Well, we're going to need the big guys because they'll do very well on the Island is what he said. If we had, if we had followed through with, if, if the investment pool didn't get shut down by CRA and that's a big if, cause it happened, it, they, it did get shut down, but 
All they had to do is show up and invest themselves in the best opportunity. But that's not what happened back then, as Liam Phillips said when he was on the show. We were always trying to sell to the locals that what we were doing was serious. We didn't have to sell it to Shane Helms. We didn't have to sell it to Bob Hawley. We had to sell it to the guys who lived in Winnipeg, who stood to benefit them. They had the greatest. Who were nobodies. They had the greatest ability to grow from where they were to where they could go. Yeah, they had to wake up at 11 a.m., roll out of their parents' basement, and drive over to the studio where Bob Hawley had to drive seven hours from Iowa. 12. Well, he drove it fast, so maybe it was closer to seven. (laughs) So, but but like, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, the investment, and they'll always say, well, Bob Hawley made more money, but not for the time committed. If you work it out per hour, the locals were paid on on par. And guess what? Bob Hawley deserves to make more money. Yes. And the worst part was, at that time, these guys were taking bookings. They would, well, they wanted to work every local show. Okay, so that show at Club St. B, page 25, I'm paying you more. Well, yeah, but it's different. No, it, you're different. Not, your, your mindset, your, your, your commitment to your career. Yeah, if you're willing to bump in a shithole like that for $25, why am I paying you 50 Yeah, and giving you greater opportunity. It's you should always, be giving them 10 It's always that way. They just want to do it their way. And you know what? I like their way. It gives me something to talk about. It gives us content. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Because it. I don't want them to... Fo- it's so much better if they don't just follow it. Because if they ever just followed what I said and it failed... This would be a boring podcast. Yeah, and they would all say, well, Mike doesn't know what he's talking about. We followed his advice and failed. As long as they don't follow my advice, I can keep saying, well, if they did it my way... Yeah, but listen, <laughs> if you were to start up your promotion, yeah. which we all know that will happen next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were to start up your promotion, you will do a lot of the things things there will be a ring crew and and but you will do a lot of the things that you we yeah. talked about here on the be she's show and if you don't want to kind of be on board with that that's fine we're just you're just not going to yeah. use them two and things okay i would too. say there would be branded clothing that i expect you to wear if you're not wearing something better than branded clothing if you're going to show up tailored in a suit I'm not going to say, where's the golf shirt? We had guys like John Newen buying guys gym memberships. Yes. And they wouldn't do it. Yes. It goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to when we left TRCW in 2001, we said, we're going to take it serious. We're going to make it better. And that's the only reason why we left. Every time. Bobby just did that. Yeah. We all loved Bobby. And we all loved Andrew, but there was a commitment to try to do something better. That if, if guys go into their career saying, I want to try to do something better every month, every year, trust me, you'll get a lot further ahead. Stop with status quo. Always, in, always visualize what you wish you could have and then figure out a plan to have what you wish for and things will be better. But that's all we got this week. That seems like just good life advice all around. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Vaughn Eriks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. 
R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair when he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? <laughs>